0: helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Allegations, recriminations, indictments, incarcerations, two House committees, enough mud slung to make a monster truck rally, and let's not forget an impeachment, all over the January 6th demonstrations. And just when you thought there was nothing more to see, out pops more allegations. How many of you are aware there were not one, but two pipe bombs placed in Washington, D.C., allegedly scheduled to go off? When the presidential elector votes were to be going to be counted these pipe bombs one planted in front of the dnc headquarters the other in front of the rnc headquarters seem to have been almost forgotten at least by the media and pundits then wham there are claims that the original investigation into the alleged terrorist attack was interfered with and that's just the beginning Hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution, teach your eyes and generation to be free. I am so glad you could join me today. You know, January sixth, man. I don't think this thing's ever gonna die. It's like the, it's, it's like a zombie movie. You, every time you figure, it's like it's like a Friday the Thirteenth movie, right? Every time you figure Jason's dead, he comes back some other way. So yeah, we're gonna be talking about the pipe bombs and that kind of. Well, that kind of got me going down a rabbit hole of not simply the pipe bombs but well other examples where there's more going on than seems to meet the eye so i want to take some time and go through that today uh, again i said we're going to start with the pipe bomb let's start with the pipe bombs um to call these things comical i don't know there's there's basically plumbing pipe with fittings on the end uh what looks like a a good old-fashioned egg timer, you know, kind of wind up, and some wires hanging out. Now, these were placed, in, again, as I said, in front of the DNC and RNC headquarters, and apparently there's video of this fact, but it never seemed to really go much of anywhere. Well, then, out comes out former FBI agent Kyle Serafin, and uh, he has some news about uh, these pipe bombs. Now one of the things they found is they, they apparently correlated the video with the placing of the pipe bombs with activity on, uh, on their uh, the DC Metro and they found a metro card and a license plate that they were able to link to whoever supposedly left these, these pipe bombs. All right, sounds like something worth investigating. And in comes Kyle Seraphim, who uh, led FBI surveillance teams and he told the Daily Wire, that shortly after January 6th, a counterintelligence team met him in Falls Church to brief him on his next surveillance target. They had used the security footage to follow the person into the metro station after he had planted the the pipe bombs. And as I said, they identified the fare card that was used and uh, apparently a license plate. See, the fare card allowed them to determine that the person got off at a uh, Northern Virginia metro stop, and the surveillance footage showed the person getting into a car, which is where they got the license plate. So they had both the car and the fare card um, were in the name of the same person, a retired Air Force Chief Master Sergeant, who, uh, by the way, is, is now working as a contractor, and yes, he does have a security clearance. Now Mr. Serapin was tasked with staking out this person's house for days, but when he asked to interview the person um, well, the FBI blocked his request. Then they were called off their target and told uh, to go over some low-priority leads about, you know, minor January 6 participants. Well, you have a, a, a guy who is allegedly a bomber. And of course, this would be a politically motivated bomber. He went to the party headquarters of both parties, and it, during the time of the of the counting of the elect of the presidential electors, and it's not worth an interview. And you're going to pull up, pull your your team off to investigate some what they refer to as minor leads from January sixth, as. Uh, Mr. Servin put it, allegedly someone threw bombs around the Capitol, which could have killed congressmen or a busload of nuns or anything, and the answer is you can't follow this guy around. You have to go to headquarters and read lead where someone said, I might have went to high school with some guy that was standing around the Capitol. At least that's what Servin told the, the Daily Wire. Now he said, wasn't necessarily the bomber, at least not the person of interest that they were looking at, but there certainly seems to be stuff going on. He said, it's not surprising that FBI traced the bomber. I mean, D.C. is one of the most surveilled cities in the United States. In fact, he'd have been surprised if they hadn't. Now, the FBI re- released only a couple of grainy pictures of the bomber, and even though, again, massive surveillance cover- coverage, especially on, on Capitol Hill. In one of the pictures, he's seen talking on a phone, yet... Apparently, no one's been able to get the cell phone records. Well, allegedly because a database was corrupted. Ladies and gentlemen, I worked in IT for 30 years. I, I, I would bet my bottom dollar if I were a gambling man that um, the cell phone companies have backups of those records. Those records are their bread and butter. That's how they make money is off those records. They're not going anywhere without backups. But then there's another interesting twist to this story because we find out now after the fact that uh, Kamala Harris, soon to be vice president-elect, was actually at the DNC while the pipe bomb was outside and left uh, not that long before the uh, they were allegedly set to go off. I, I do say allegedly because they were found about 20 minutes before 1 uh, o'clock, which is when the, um, the the counting was to start but they only had little analog timers that could only go one hour, and they were set for 20... I mean, this, this, this thing seems... It seems weird. A- and the fact that uh, uh, no one's talked about... You know, Miss Harris was, was in the building. Theoretically, her life was in danger. Nobody mentions that? Or, or that, that both bombs were planted around 8 p.m. the night of January 5th? and were not picked up by security sweeps by the, the Secret Service until they were discovered the next day. So, yeah, while that's all been going on, and, and again, you would think there'd be more focused on, on such a pipe bomb, um, I found this story. This one actually came out of Blaze TV, Blaze Media. Now, they were interviewing uh, Steve Baker, Uh, He now is a is a journalist with Blaze TV at the time of January 6th. He was, uh, I believe, an independent journalist. And uh, let's just say he's been having some interesting interactions with the Department of Justice.
1: I was just having a meeting with the chairman of a House committee. Uh, I was there with him for an hour and a half, walked down the hall of the Rayburn building to meet with the staff of another uh, very important uh, House member. And as I was finishing up that meeting, I got a text from my attorney. He said, call me. You know, when your attorney texts you like that, it's never (laughs) a good thing. So I uh, stepped out into the hallway and he said, well, I wish I had good news. But uh, the, the news we've been waiting on for two and a half years is finally here. And the FBI agent who has had my investigation for the last two plus years contacted my Raleigh attorney and said that they are going to be filing charges and that I will be required to self-surrender on Tuesday of this week in Raleigh. So uh, I'm here in D.C. right now, so I guess I'll be heading home in a couple of days.
0: Now, I don't know about you, but yeah, getting a call from my lawyer that said the FBI is going to be charging him, and apparently they didn't give him any real details about what they were charging him with. Um, listen to the, into the interaction between Mr. Baker and the and the host of the show.
2: Did your attorney tell you, is it strange that they didn't give you any more information on to, to explain what the charges were going to be?
1: They, they have been this way since the very beginning, back two years ago when we got our first threat. We were told on November 17th of 2021 by Assistant U.S. Attorney Anita Eve out of Philadelphia, My attorney was told that his client, me, would be charged within the week. That was over two, Mm. uh, exactly two years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't hear from them again for 20 months until I got a grand jury subpoena about uh, back in August of this year for all my videos that I had taken on January 6th.
0: Okay, so first he's told he's going to be charged, but they don't actually charge him. Then they subpoena him for the videos he took. As a journalist on Capitol Hill, or apparently on Capitol Hill, on January 6th, do you think this could get a little weirder?
1: Back then, they told me that they were going to charge me with property damage and with, of all things, uh, interstate racketeering, probably because of the licensing of my video to uh, other uh, uh, agencies. Oh, yeah. my, My videos have been used by HBO Documentary, New York Times Documentary, Epic Times, and several other news agencies all over the world. And so that was the only thing that we could think of. But then we we, uh, we did a media blitz. Uh, they went away. And then we didn't hear from them, as I said, for uh, 20 months. And then they came back. And then I got the news that I got today. But
0: So wait a second. Interstate racketeering for acting as a journalist. You know, the thing that supposedly is protected by the First Amendment, you know, the freedom of the press uh, for the ability to collect and publish data, I remind you, freedom of the press isn't limited to the media. But by gosh and by golly, um, what this man was doing appears to be press. And of course, the problem appears to be that his press got attention, and now it seems the uh, the power of justice is throwing the kitchen sink at this guy.
1: You know, look, the the, the timing of this is is I'm not even going to mm-hmm. say that it's suspect. Mm-hmm. I, I'm absolutely to what the timing is. We have been releasing very important stories yeah. hitting right at the heart of what they're doing. Uh, we have uncovered corruption in the Capitol Police. We have uncovered actual lies and perjury taking place in trials. And more importantly, there are people that put those officers on the stand. And who puts people yeah. on the stand? That would be the Department of Justice. And so we've been poking the bear. And you know the, 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 tr- the truth of the matter is, you know, if, if I'm being perfectly honest, they, they want to keep me out of town and they want to take this away from me. Mm-hmm. They want to take my congressional press badge away from me and they want me off of this case is what they want.
0: Now, at this point, another host pumped in and asked, um, I think, a, a, a quite accurate, a quite poignant question.
1: Uh, steve did what did you do what How many windows did you break like what what did you steal while you were there like did you, I mean is there anything that even borderline that you did other than just walk around and and film people? I stole image and images and information that they don't want out mm. that's what I got and and uh, no I, I didn't I didn't enter the capitol until after many hundreds of other people were already inside after the doors were long yeah. open. After uh, the police had been uh, had been basically given stand down orders, and they were basically de-escalating at that point, and this is this is the real tragedy of what's going on here. There, and I'm not I'm not saying myself. I'm talking about hundreds of people entered that building that day innocently, and when I say innocently, they didn't know that they were breaching uh, restricted space. They weren't seeing cops providing or, or, or uh, an effort to keep them out. By then, the cops had basically just said okay, we've got to contain the situation and let's not let this thing break out into any more violence than what it is. And so this is what happened. It was about that time that I entered the building. I walked through, I captured some of the most important video of the day. And then when uh, it was over, I I left peacefully. I didn't break anything. I didn't uh, attack any law enforcement. I didn't chant. I didn't parade. I didn't wave a flag. I wasn't wearing any Trump gear. I did what a journalist would do. And then I exited and then started writing and telling my stories. And then as those stories became more important, I began doing the investigation into all of the things that we are looking at today, the corruption, the anomalies, the setup, uh, all of the above.
0: It certainly does sound like an attempt to infringe on freedom of the press. Um, again, you know, especially this idea of, of interstate racketeering. So sharing information that the current administration would prefer you didn't share is now racketeering. I, funny, they, he's using that word. I don't think the DOJ realizes it doesn't mean what they think it means. Because according to the Free Legal Dictionary, racketeering is traditionally obtaining or extorting money illegally or carrying on illegal business activities, usually by organized crime. Nothing that this gentleman has done it, it was illegal. He he was allowed into the into the Capitol. He has a congressional press pass, which means I believe he's allowed in the Capitol anyway. Uh, he he took some video, he 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 did some investigations, but you see, he's making he he problem is apparently he's making the the uh, uh, he's he's making the administration look bad, which apparently, in modern interpretation of the uh, DOJ, is racketeering. See, he he sold his his um, uh, he sold his videos. In other words, he obtained money. Maybe he ex- they think he extorted it by actually saying, "Here, look what I got. I got a good video for you to use." That his business was illegal simply because he was doing his job. Like by the way, hundreds of other journalists. I wonder why they're coming after him. Could it be his stevens suggestion? Maybe he simply. Pointing out the corruption and and malfeasance around January sixth, maybe that's the reason for the the uh, not only the ridiculous charges but the the over prosecution the 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 ridiculous idea that simply um, taking vi- uh, video and doing investigations and then selling it is now a corrupt business and therefore racketeering. Now, I have some more examples, not just from January 6th, but other examples of just more more information available, more than meets the eye. But I have to take a break first. Before I go, please head to the website, constitutionstudy.com. Maybe sign up for a mailing list. uh, uh, Check out some of my my products at the shop. Hey, maybe just ask a question. I love answering questions, and I'm looking for more questions that I can answer here on the radio. Again, that's constitutionstudy.com. You can find out all that we're doing here at the Constitution Study as well as donate, check out the Patriots program, or just ask a question. Now, sometimes I get to the end of the day, you know, four o'clock rolls around, and I'm worn out. You know, busy days, hectic lives, it's it's easy to just kind of start running on empty. I found a tool, though. See, I I don't like doing coffee or or energy drinks. Too much caffeine, too much sugar. It gives me the jitters and then the crashes. So I, I found something else. A way to boost my short-term focus and my long-term energy without the caffeine and the the sugar. But with Healthy Cells, vitamins. Focus and recall vitamins. They work great. They take about 10-15 minutes to to function. It's a gel pack. I open it up. I swallow it. And voila. In in just 10-15 minutes, I'm on the go again. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order of anything from Healthy Cell. Find out more by going to the website, AmericaOutloud.shop. But again, make sure you follow the directions. Make sure you use the codes. It not only lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, but it makes sure you get your 25% off your first order.
2: go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first
1: month of One Wellness. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. CofixRx has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the CoFixRx banner on americaoutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, americaoutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD, that's coupon code OUTLOUD, for 20% off your entire order.
0: Use CoFixRx, because it works. Welcome back every day, American. you've rejoined the Constitution Study today we're discussing, well, more than meets the eye. You know, with all the news going on and trying to get us to focus on uh, the the quote-unquote insurrection of January 6th and how evil Donald Trump is, there's a lot going on that, well, is not being reported or not being talked about. Now, one of the things that hasn't been talked about, do you you remember the the, uh, IRS contractor that stole and then released tax, uh, tax returns for, well, for rich people. Among them, by the way, Donald Trump. But there was roughly 70, they, they believe it was like 7,500 different Americans that he publicized their confidential tax records. Of course, that is against the law, right? You 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 turn this information over to the Infernal Revenue Service, they have a legal, legal obligation to keep it private, to keep it confidential. Um, this gentleman, Charles Littlejohn, stole and then helped publicize the confidential records of these Americans including by the way Donald Trump. Now you didn't hear you haven't heard much about this have you? I mean another attempt to embarrass the president okay. Well the latest turn in this saga happens to be that he's now been convicted and charged with one count of disclosing information from a tax form. One count, not the 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 two different times he he collected data, not the thousands of of uh, returns that he um, that he stole and disclosed information for. One count. Now, granted, he did get the maximum for one count five years. Um, Reyes told the uh, former contractor, at least according to NBC News, he says you can be an outstanding person and commit bad acts. What you did in targeting the sitting president of the United States was an attack on our constitutional democracy. See, I keep telling you, judges don't read the Constitution. We're not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. It was an attack on the president. Yes. Funny, he's not being charged with insurrection for trying to to embarrass the sitting president. And he's not being charged, again, with the two times he he grabbed uh, bunches of, of returns. No, just one. Even the judge apparently was none too happy with it. Uh, she criticized the judges. Justice Department for only one count. Granted, it was a plea bargain, but just one count. She said she had no words for it. She compared the incident to to January sixth and argued that he picked, he pulled off the biggest heist in IRS history. And yet he gets one count. Really, put your faith in the justice system, doesn't it? Well, if that's the case, this is really going to kick in the backside. Um, the the NSA, National Security Agency, responded to a, a senator's question and pointed out that it was quote-unquote sidestepping the the need for a warrant how did it do this well by simply buying people's personal information first you see senator wyden on january 25th sent a letter to the director of national intelligence averil Hames, and it contained a, a, a straightforward request that u.s intelligence agency should only buy americans data quote that has been obtained in a lawful manner now, this obviously implies that, well, maybe it's being obtained in an, an unlawful manner. See, the senator points out that if these agencies went to communications companies themselves for data, they would require a court order. Technically, they would require a warrant because you're collecting data for the purpose of searching. Instead, Sen. went on to say that the NSA goes around to get this information by going to data brokers... And gathering data from people's phones and apps and whatnot via the brokers by buying it rather than requesting it via for a court order in other words they they, they claim to have found a, a a legal way to get around the mass surveillance scheme because it ignores a fundamental fact about the fourth amendment the fourth amendment doesn't say you have a right to privacy it says you have a right to be secure from unreasonable searches and seizures. See, the problem is not whether or not you make the data available. The problem is, what is the government doing about it? If the government buys the data, maybe that's not illegal. But when the government starts searching that data, that is a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Unless, of course, they get a warrant, which is exactly what they don't want to bother doing because it gets in the way that that pesky little constitution laws, you know, that that type of stuff. It just gets in the way. So let's just find a, a cute way to sidestep it. Now, what's interesting is getting this information about data acquisition... Well, it kind of only happened when Wyden threatened to um, hold up a a, a nomination until he got the data. A little bit of uh, of, um, extortion on his own point, on his own part. But it did get NSA Director Paul Nakasone to admit that the federal government is buying data so that they can illegally search later. And while we're on the theme of uh, illegally collecting data to spy on the American people, um, Representative Jordan, in his capacity as chairman of the House Judiciary Committee Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government—there's a Uh, mouthful—he's released a letter where the financial, uh, pointing out that the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, or or FinCEN, has urged large financial institutions to search for them to search through private transactions of their customers for what's referred to as suspicious charges. See, in order to do this legally, FinCEN has to get a warrant. But I guess they said, listen, banks, if you do this for us, wink, wink, nod, nod, "um, we don't get in trouble. Does that make it any less unconstitutional? Does that make it any less of a crime? But Paul, they're not searching for uh, 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 for someone's information. They're looking for patterns of of money laundering and other illegal activities. They're searching. Remember, unreasonable searches and seizures. As uh, one uh, as one House Rep put it, there's a way to do that. It's called a search warrant. But you see, they don't worry about the search warrant because who is going to investigate FinCEN? The FBI? The, the Department of Justice? The very same criminal government agency that has been stealing your rights left, right, and center. And now we find out more and more about what they're doing. The very same FBI that wanted that, that targeted Roman Catholics the very same FBI that's targeting pro-life Americans. They're going to investigate FinCEN for doing exactly what the FBI and the rest of the DOJ have been doing. And by the way, if you don't remember this story, guess what The, the this criminal organization, FinCEN, asked the financial institutions to look for. Well, there were certain keywords and, and, and typologies that they wanted. Um yeah, what what did they determine to be extremist indicators? Uh, transactions that included terms like Trump and MAGA. Excuse me. Now it's illegal. Now now you're a, you're a, t- a potential terrorist if you um if you wear a Trump hat or a MAGA shirt. How can you look at this as anything but an attack on a political opponent? Oh, but there's more. So you also had to be careful because they were looking for um, religious texts, you know, like the Bible. You know, someone like me that reads the Bible every day. Maybe I go out and I buy a new Bible. Oh, I got to be put on the list because I I purchase books with religious texts in it, or I subscribe to to uh, other religious uh, 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 organizations i mean i'd assume people were kidding and are exaggerating that, th- that this is actually you know soviet russia or, or nazi germany but no this is the biden administration's fbi now i'm not saying he's responsible for the entire fbi but he is the he is the president all the executive power is vested in him the fbi the doj fincen all work for the president of the united states and a lot of this bureaucracy, by the way, is not, this wasn't instituted by Biden. This is what a lot of people call the swamp, the deep state. This is the bureaucratic, infighting, administrative state that just loves, apparently, it loves the Democrats. It hates, well, at least it hates Donald Trump. Why? I mean, they, they attacked Donald Trump when he won the presidency. They undermined his administration at almost every conceivable point. And now somebody who says, you know what, I kind of like that, you know, low unemployment, high productivity, lo- low uh, 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 minority unemployment. Yeah, that was great. Peace in the Middle East. Wow. You know, those, those peace organizations, that was, that was pretty cool. That was not, he was not perfect. But boy, you know, that's not a half bad idea. That now makes you is an, 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 an indicator of extremism know what this is. It is an indicator of extremism. The extremism in FinCEN, the extremism that has polluted the entire Department of Justice, or at least the upper echelons, the political appointees. I'm not going to assume everybody in FinCEN is a corrupt, evil, uh, um, uh, kleptocrat, but it appears that the upper echelons, the entities that put such a policy in place, They are corrupt, they are evil, they are criminals, they are kleptocrats. And in another example, with a little bit of a twist, let's talk about the case of Mr. Peter Navarro. Um, Now, he was a a member of the Trump administration. He was an advisor to Donald Trump. And uh, he was recently convicted, sentenced to four months, and a $9,500 fine for contempt of Congress, for refusing to uh uh to to fulfill a subpoena. Uh he had uh a, a, the, the the now defunct January sixth committee subpoenaed um I believe certain records that Mr. Navarro had and he refused. And apparently now that he's been convicted, he is appealing this uh, uh this judgment and the, his statement and what I see in it i find very interesting see first mr Navarro claims that uh under what's called executive privilege these documents these t- the, the 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 testimony that congress wanted was privileged information therefore how can he be punished for not turning over information that Congress didn't have the legal authority to because it was privileged it's the equivalent of um i would say uh uh, filing contempt of court uh, uh uh charges against an attorney that refuses to discuss or disclose documents of conversations with his um with his client that's his claim now he's making the point that it says listen if i do this if this makes its way all the way to supreme court what will this he, he thinks it would be a um uh uh a landmark case on the idea of um, separation of powers and executive privilege. And uh, probably from a legal standpoint, it probably would. But we're the Constitution study here. We're not the law study here. We're the Constitution study, which brings you to a very important question. Um, Where did Congress get the legal authority to issue a subpoena? See, understand, nothing in the Constitution gives Congress investigatory powers. They have legislative powers, but not investigatory. Now, okay, I could understand where part of a legislative power might be um, holding hearings and gathering information for the purpose of um, legislating, right? What's the impact of this potential legislation? Uh, Let's get some experts to testify. Let's get some records. But that's not what... The, first of all, that's not what the January 6th Committee was all about. It was investigating for the attempt, for the, looking for, for uh, um, evidence to suggest charges, to recommend charges. That's not a power delegated to the Congress. Therefore, they have no legal authority to do so. Furthermore, there's nothing in the Constitution that says the government has the legal authority or that congress has a legal authority to compel witnesses to attend none whatsoever in fact that law is a violation of the first amendment because you're saying you must come and testify excuse me but that's abridging my freedom of speech you must provide evidence sorry that's abridging my my fifth amendment right to uh, against self-incrimination or I should say against self-witness, I would get that wrong, against self-witness, right? These documents, including uh, uh, information he was sending back for the president, would be a witness against him. So I look at this as this is, uh, again, Congress growing abro- beyond its britches, and what I want to see is, is this appeal not simply saying executive privilege, how about the fact that Congress actually broke the law, they broke the law with the January Sixth Committee. They broke the law by issuing a subpoena, and then they broke the law by char- by by referring charges to Mr. Navarro against Mr. Navarro for not bowing the knee. All of which are not only violations of the Constitution, but by extension, federal crimes. And by the way, I'd love to hear your comments on this. Go to the show page when um, when it po- this posts a podcast and. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. What are your, your discussions and arguments are. While you're at it, check out americaoutloud.news each and every day. It's a wonderful place to get news and information from multiple points of view. But as I keep saying, it's important. Knowledge is only power when it's put into action. So, so find a, a, a story or an article, something there that explains something you hadn't thought of before or maybe a video or a podcast that just takes something you've been thinking and just puts it in a way that's just easy to understand. And then share it. Share it with friends. Share it with family. Share it on social media. I don't care what your following is. Share it. It is the act of sharing that will help us all secure the blessings of liberty.
1: The suppression of truth in a world of darkness, void of any soul, requires that we are rightly informed, properly equipped, and strongly motivated to fight the corruption. AmericaOutloud.news is that place to awaken your heart, soul, and mind to the out loud truth. Now is our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all.
2: This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells, and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD.
1: I'm so confused, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We
2: are the Energetic Health Institute and we want to earn your trust. Natural
0: medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at EnergeticHealthInstitute.org. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoined the Constitution study. And today we're talking about what more than meets the eye. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to start taking a look at some state issues here. Uh, for example, uh, in California, Senate Bill 961 has been proposed. And what they want to do is they want to install, well, what they would call speed limiters. Intelligent speed limiters in all new cars starting in 2027, at least those sold in California. Of course, if they're in California, they're more likely going to be in all the cars. But that's. let's just focus on California for for the moment. Now, here's an interesting uh, uh, quote. This comes from the uh, Senator Scott Weiner, who who I guess introduced this legislation. He says, There is no reason for anyone to be going over 100 miles per hour on a public road. Yet in 2020, California Highway Patrol issued over 3,000 tickets for just that offense. Uh, Preventing reckless speeding is a common sense approach to prevent these utterly needless and heartless crashes. Okay, let's, let's just look at this now. There is no reason for anyone to be going over 100 miles an hour on a public road. I can think of a few. Let's say you, you, you come across a, a, a bad act, someone's severely injured, and rather than waiting for an ambulance, you're taking them to the hospital. How fast is, is, is okay for Mr. Wiener? Let's say you, 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 you're stopped at the ramp to get on and somebody pulls up alongside you and pulls a gun, tries to carjack you. Hit the road, Jack. You go as fast as you can to get away. If you're running for your life, what is the limit, Mr. Weiner? So your statement starts off with BS. There are rare reasons why going over 100 miles an hour on a public road is not only um, reasonable, but advantageous. But there's more. See, okay, California Highway Patrol issued 3,000 tickets to people going over 100 miles per hour. Well, uh, I did a, a, a search and I found on Statistia.com that California in 2021 had issued 27,112,595 licensed drivers. This is uh, uh, according to, again, I got it from Statistia, uh, uh, but 27 million. So if three thousand of those twenty-seven million are are reckless are speeding above a hundred miles an hour, well, that's 0011 percent. So in, in other words, in order to deal with an extremely small percentage of people that uh, uh, Mr. Weiner thinks are reckless drivers, he's gonna infringe on the rights of every Californian. What do you mean, Paul, Infringe on the rights? Remember, the 14th Amendment says that you cannot be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. This law says you don't need due process. We are going to prevent you. We're going to prevent you from driving faster than what we think is an acceptable speed, regardless of the situation you are in. This law would be unconstitutional. Not that... That's going to stop California, and that's that's going to stop uh, judges who haven't re- probably haven't read the Constitution, or if they did, it hasn't been for decades. It's, they certainly don't appear to have been taught anything about it in in college or law school. This is another, just another example of Mr. Weiner saying, "We know better than you do. We will force you to comply. We will deprive you of your liberty without due process of law." But you see, that's more than meets the eye when most people look at these um, at, at these products. So, uh, again, people of California, what do you think about this? Do you think, well, you know, Bobby should be driving over 100 miles an hour. Again, under what circumstances? See, that's the problem. We, we keep forgetting that these, these one-size-fits-all never take into consideration the specific entity, the specific situation. I mean, if, sure. If you're in LA and there's an accident, you know, probably waiting for for the fire department to show up, for EMTs to show up, is probably a good idea. If you're out in rural California, you know, where where the, the an ambulance is not fifty you know, five minutes away, but maybe an hour away, maybe rushing someone to the hospital is really a good idea. But you see, they never think about this. All all this this Mister Weiner says, oh no, there's no reason for. It. I've already given you several. Mr. Reiner, I want you. Here's here's what I want. Here's what I want, Mr. Reiner. Uh, How about um, how about you consider the situation where you're out somewhere enjoying a nice vacation, and you have a stroke, or a heart attack, or some other major medical event, and medical uh, help is well, it's not right nearby. You have to be rushed to the hospital and it's going to take a, quite a while to, to get uh, an ambulance out to you, depending on where you are. So there you are in the middle of nowhere, empty road in front of you. But uh, you see, their speed limiter says, no, you can only do 50 miles an hour here. Really? Are you willing to place your life on that? I doubt it. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some, and again, I haven't read the legislation, but it wouldn't surprise me if there was uh, uh, in that legislation some little loophole where people like Senator Weiner and others might be able to bypass that, that speed limiter. Wouldn't surprise me one little bit. I don't know that it's there, but history tells me that uh, government actors like this often like to put in exemptions for themselves. Now I've talked previously that uh, about the state of Tennessee, and they they've got a, a they put together a working group to consider the uh, um, getting stopping to accept federal education dollars. Well, they they've issued an interim report, and I've taken some time to do a quick perusal. I haven't gone in depth. I haven't gone into the appendices and whatnot, but I found a couple of interesting things. Uh, first of all, they spent a fair amount of detail discussing or I should say document and breaking down the actual amount of money that the state of Tennessee gets from federal education dollars and where they go within the different counties and areas within uh, the, the state of Tennessee. Okay. I did not see a breakdown of the actual costs of fulfilling the federal, the, 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 the strings that come along with said, uh, said dollars. In fact, the only place I saw any real numbers was uh, um, a a program to improve education outcomes from students from low-income families. In 2022, the state of Tennessee allocated almost $350 million to said project. Now, if I go back and look at some of the other numbers, according to the report, um, the Title I, A through D, which deals with disadvantaged students. The federal government gave $360 million, and we spent uh, $349 million. But the way they word it is interesting, because it says uh, um, that Tennessee allocated 349633715 of state dollars for that purpose. Now, Is that a good idea or a bad idea? I don't know. What I do know it's an unconstitutional idea the federal government is extorting money from the American people to spend on something they're not legally authorized to. And they never covered that in here as well. They basically said, listen, what we can do is we can beg the federal government for um, indulgences. L- let us, you know what, maybe maybe we can ask for some some uh, uh, exemptions from regulations, maybe we can play They basically capitulated. Now, I'm reaching out to my state rep because it's a house uh, group, and and say, hey, um, how can I talk to this group? This is an interim report, it's not a final report. Let me take a look at the. You know, can I? I want to talk to them before they issue the final report because I, maybe I need to read a little closer. But I haven't seen anything that said that that they considered the constitutionality of accepting federal funds. Because what I see here is, listen, we're getting, you know, we don't want to give up the federal dollars. Yeah, you know, it'd be expensive. We, we might be able to, but um, it, 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 there's a lot of money. They never look at the actual costs of the implementation. And they certainly don't, see, they never look at the, um, at, 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 the, uh, at, at the, not just fiscal costs, the, the moral costs. The cost in, in in sovereignty, the cost in, in giving up control of our education. In fact, the only time they seem to mention the Constitution is they make one passing reference to um, uh, constitutionally protected prayer. They never consider the constitutionality of this money. So, well, that's going to be uh, something that that I'm going to um, uh, to again continue to push for, and we'll we'll see if it goes anywhere. And one more, or this isn't truly a state issue. This actually comes from Ford. You see, the, the government, since Obama, has been pushing this, this, this fairy tale of electric, electric, electric vehicles. Now listen, I have nothing against electric vehicles as an option. Right? There are situations where electric vehicles are awesome. If you work in a city... Or if you if you live near a city, if your commute is relatively short, it fits within the the usable range. Um, it, it, you're you're taking into consideration the the climate uh, that you'll be operating in, and a, an electric vehicle works for you, and you want to use it. Be my guest. I'm not saying there should not be electric vehicles. What I am saying is we certainly should not be forcing electric vehicles on people, and we should not be forcing companies to make them because guess what if you actually had to pay for an electric vehicle almost certainly you wouldn't now think of it this way um ford created their f-150 lightning look at this ford sells pickup trucks we sell lots of pickup trucks Uh, we want electric vehicles because the federal government is extorting us to build these electric vehicles yes it's extortion so they make them and they sold them well Problem number one, they're not selling. They just, they're not selling enough of them. And according to Ford, on each and every F-150 Lightning they sold, they lost $36,000. Let me say that again. $36,000. Which means Ford just fired 70% of their EV workers. What if what think of the impact of that? First you got a job and then well it's gone. Now they are wrapping up gas product vehicle production. Why? Because they make more sense. Imagine this, all right? So you let's say you start your own lemonade stand. Whatever it is, lemonade you're selling whatever, we'll just call it a lemonade stand. So you used to go out and you sell your lemonade for a dollar a glass. Right? Little eight ounce glass, one dollar lemonade. If you lose if it costs you a dollar thirty six to to make that to, to produce that cup of lemonade and sell that cup of lemonade, but you only make a dollar, how long before you shut down your lemonade stand? Not very long if you're smart. But this is what happens when we let government try to dictate to us what we can do when they deprive us of our liberty to decide for ourselves. When they extort the American business and thereby the American people to fulfill a political agenda, that's the cost. In the case of the F-150 Lightning, the cost is $36,000 per unit. Now, what's more than meets the eye is not simply that Ford loses money on F-150 Lightnings. It's the fact that the only reason they were building the F-150 Lightnings is because they were extorted to do so by the federal government. Yes, extortion. The federal government has made up rules for itself, made up laws. We can tell you how much uh, fuel economy you have to have in your fleet. Where do you get that part? Interstate commerce. You're not regulating commerce. You're regulating vehicles. See, that's why we need to look a little deeper. And it's also why we need to read the Constitution, and it's why we need to learn to defend and assert our rights. Because not only have they they've been under attack for decades, ladies and gentlemen. This is nothing new. We've just hitting the point where it's really in, it's really hurting people. The pain level is getting higher, and thanks to the internet, we have access to more data than we ever did before. Because let me ask you, um, how much have the the, the big corporate media platforms spent on that? F-150 story Or in the Tennessee story Or in any of these stories Compared to what we can find out When we look for ourselves See the thing We talk about the land of the free And the home of the brave The idea is it means independence Are you willing to verify Information independently Are you willing to study and learn Independently Because if you're not then you're enslaved to the ideas of others. You get enslaved to the idea that electric vehicles are our only future because they're all going to die in a few years even though they've been wrong each and every time they've made that claim. The models they use have been proven to be not even close to false. I mean, well beyond false. Beyond, I mean, criminally wrong. Well, criminally from the standpoint of you're using it to manipulate society. And we keep doing it. It's why we need to read and study. It's why we need to understand. It's why we need to check for ourselves. Stop looking for someone else to be dependent on. Be independent. Learn for yourself. Decide for yourself. Think for yourself. Take the knowledge you accrue and turn it into power by doing something with it. It's not good enough to simply sit around and acquire knowledge. We have to learn to do something with it. We have to learn That if we're going to be the land of the free It's going to take the American people Being brave enough To stand up to those we've always depended on And said no no." And, and, and by the way I can prove it I can prove no I, I can prove what you're doing is illegal and unconstitutional Therefore no And if you threaten me Well the answer is no And if you try to intimidate me The answer is no which means it really helps if you get friends and neighbors to stand with you. That's the other thing we need to do. We need to be willing to stand, but it really helps if you can get people to stand with you. That includes not only you, but that includes the representative you hire, the sheriff you hire, the, 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 the dog catcher you hire. We need to support them when they do the right thing. And hopefully you're willing to support the Constitution study. How? by joining us here every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, that's okay. You can follow the podcast. The Episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on Talk Radio, and you can listen in your favorite podcast app. But if you want to support us, subscribe to the show. Leave the episodes ratings, reviews, especially on Apple. It helps other people find the Constitution study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. As I said, knowledge is not power until put into act into action. So take those links and share them far and wide and share the blessings of liberty.